Hello, and welcome back to the After Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Jocelyn McDonald, Editor-in-Chief at After Ellen, and I am joined here today by my friend Tammy, who is the um, relationship guru. She has a dating service that is just for gay and lesbian um, love seekers. So Tammy, tell us about your business. You bet. Thank you, Jocelyn, for having me and wanting to learn a little bit more about offline matchmaking. I'm a straight ally. I met my husband because I did not do online dating and I chose to outsource and let somebody else handle it. And I hired an offline personal matchmaker. It's how I met my husband. We'd been, we've been married for 12 years. But a couple of years into our marriage, I was trying to refer a gay friend. And he said, you know, I'm really private. I don't feel like I can do online dating. I said, oh, I get you. My matchmaker is going to love you. I (laughs) had no idea that the matchmaker that I had hired was not matching LGBT singles. At that Mm -hmm. time, I wanted to say Q singles, right? And so I I said, no worries. You know, it it stunned me. it, It never occurred to me they did not match all singles. And Mm -hmm. so I said I would start a research project for him and find him a matchmaker. And I couldn't. And that's how I felt. And I I just couldn't understand. What what is it about the matchmaking industry that they weren't taking the time to understand and to serve all singles? So I started focus group interviews, interviewed uh, first gay men for three and a half months started the company, did a feasibility study, became a certified matchmaker, and then I started interviewing the women. That ultimately, I wanted to serve LGBTQ singles coast to coast in the US. Let's get them interviewed and let's introduce them to each other based on what they're seeking. Absolutely. So, wow, I mean, just so many questions immediately come to mind as you go into your background. I am curious, I mean, what what were you doing before you were matchmaking? And what goes into a certification process? I, I asked the same thing. I didn't even know you could become a certified matchmaker. My background, by education, television news. And I did news and then politics and then philanthropy. And at the community foundation level, they identify a problem in the community. They start a feasibility study and a series of focus groups. And that's what I did. I thought this is a problem in the community but I thought it was in the matchmaker community, but it was also in the LGBTQ community. Why can't they hire a matchmaker like I could? And what were the matchmakers just not educated? They were fearful. What, what, what were they challenged with? And so I just felt like my background of being objective, of looking at the issue objectively, both sides, of being politically savvy, of being non-judgmental and that community foundation background was so helpful in working with all types of lives in your community and finding the best solution. And so to become a certified matchmaker, you really start with studying, Um, but it's also designing your business model. Is it going to be speed dating business model? Is it going to be online, offline? Will there be an online component? And so I knew that this is a very small niche. I only wanted to work with LGBTQ singles because I'm happily married. I don't need them. And people ask me all the time, 
will you ever match straights? And my joke in the office is always, no, straights are crazy. I will <laughs> never match straights. And I won't. And so. Yeah. Straights really, are crazy though. We, we, uh, we in the community wonder if y'all are okay sometimes. <laughs> I had a lot of matches. I can tell you they are. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it became a calling for mm-hmm. those of us. And that's my staff. We're all straight allies. We all happen to be married and this is our work. This is our job. This is not us trying to find a girlfriend uh, mm-hmm. or a partner of our own. So uh, we have little sayings and cute things in the office every day that we're gay, gay all day, day. You know, I start my morning <laughs> by reading The Advocate and I follow all the social media and try to be as close to the community I can be um, as a straight ally without actually being a member of the community. Yeah. And so you have this objectivity because you're not gay where you're, you're not looking at who you would be attracted to. Is that kind of what you're getting at? You're not looking for what you would look for. Exactly. I've even tried having recruiters within the community to help with us scouting additional Mm -hmm. matches for our clients in the early days. But I ended up receiving leads that were, who they were attracted to. And that's right, not right. thinking at all. And so right. yeah. it limits the pool significantly. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so let's just talk about that because I think a lot of our listenership is probably young. They've probably never, you know, they think of matchmaking as something like Indian matchmaker on Netflix. You know, this is something that other cultures do. This is not something that people do in 2021. So just tell us a bit about how it works. It's to me the pendulum swing back to how folks used to slowly get to know each other. So I, everyone I introduce has done the same Zoom interview with me and the same criminal background check. I know the singles that I'm introducing and I will interview them, you know, usually an hour and a half. It's not recorded. It's just a conversation between the two of us. And we talk about family, friends, education, career, And then we talk about exes a little bit. And then we talk about ultimately, what are you seeking? Or even for those that have done a lot of online dating, what are you not finding in the on the apps or on the online platform that you're still seeking that you're just not finding out there? And that's to me what the search is all about. It's about compatibility. And there are a lot of factors that go into compatibility. And I always tell straight friends that ask me how I do what I do. I always say this, just because two women play tennis does not make them compatible. (laughs) So how I interview is very differently than how the straight uh, matchmakers interview. (laughs) It's stunning. I realize. And I'll say this. I mean, you spoke to the younger generation. Here's what I compare it to possibly for the millennials. Everyone's into a life coach or a trainer or that person to, you know, even the minimalist culture, you know, they have somebody come over and go through the closet and help. You Mm -hmm. don't know what you don't know. And so to me, hiring a matchmaker was outsourcing something that I no longer wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to spend hours after coming home from work of doing online dating. I preferred if there's people for this, hire them. You Mm -hmm. know, when I purchased my house, I did my own lawn until I could afford not to. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I had my when I bought my Jeep Liberty, I washed it myself until I could <laughs> afford not to. Mm-hmm. And so to me, matchmaking may not be for everyone, but for a lot of busy singles, uh, for a lot of introverts, for a mm-hmm. lot of uh, women that don't drink or they don't feel comfortable in the bar scene, pre, during, or post COVID uh, or a pandemic. It's for those, it gives them another option and mm-hmm. it's a safe option that someone has been vetted, that there is a uh-huh. likelihood you're both gonna choose each other for a second date. That's how I start my matchmaking. So one uh, one aspect of this is that you have people that come to you and hire you and then you have a database that anyone can ask to join. And so if you aren't sure that you want, if you're looking for an alternative to the apps, but you're not ready to commit and, you know, put your money where your mouth is as far as finding a matchmaker, you can still participate. You can still be like, I'm here, you know, just in case the universe wants to connect me. You bet. I mean, we even get calls on a weekly basis from loving best friends, family members. I talked to someone's executive assistant today that they're saying, I want this person to find love. And this is, you know, I think a new avenue. And and so I've always not advertised. I've never advertised come be free in our database. Mm -hmm. Instead, I have always said, you do not have to be our client to meet our client. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in interviewing with the matchmaker, I I can tell you it's been life changing for some people. Mm -hmm. Folks have interviewed with us in that energy of putting it out in the universe of what they are seeking and talking about it openly for an hour and a half. I sometimes get an email or a call two weeks later saying, and then I met them. And I said, yep, it happens to me all the time. Wow. That's amazing. And I think that good karma. That's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Full disclosure for our listeners, I actually talked to Tammy and we did the whole interview process and I was actually really delighted to think so critically about what I'm looking for because I think that being on the apps, you swipe and swipe and swipe and you start changing your standards. You stop, you're not seeing necessarily the kind of woman that you're attracted to And so you start to wonder, does she exist? Maybe I can match with someone who I wouldn't necessarily be, she's not my type on paper, but I can't match with my type. So I'm just going to change my standards. And so when you really get into a conversation where you're thinking about what are your values in life that that need to be shared with your partner in order for you to build a life together. Then you remember that that not only do you um, have these standards, but you're not, you deserve to not compromise on them. You will, you will find what you want and not, um, not giving up hope that she's out there is a critical part of finding her. Absolutely. I've always said I was a prolific dater. Please know Mm -hmm. Uh, my joke is always sister can get a date, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I wasn't naturally or organically meeting those that I would truly consider, you know, in, first introducing to my family 
and then considering for a significant long-term relationship. I met a lot of free spirits. Yeah. <laughs> fun and adventurous people, but not truly based on compatibility. So one of the, I'll give you one example. When I finally met my husband, who was one um, obviously my last match. When I met my husband, one of the key things we identified right away was we both were from uh, divorced parents. Both had remarried multiple times. We both saved for and paid for our own college. I mean, there were some key things there that I don't know I would have swiped on, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's not a factor anybody's looking for. We also tease, honestly, that um, I'm probably curvier than what he would choose. And he was maybe a little bit older than what I would have chosen. Mm -hmm. And so we might, had either one of us ever done online dating, we might not have swiped on each other. Right. The other key thing that I found interesting, while I wanted adventurous, I meant like, you know, a great hike. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he was doing was training to climb uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. He also <laughs> surfed and sailed and I could barely swim. I mean, again, that, you know, online or on paper, we would have said, well, this isn't going to work. Well, mm -hmm. I now surf, you know? Yeah. Okay. So he's brought out the adventuresome side of you. He did. During our engagement, we ran with the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. Oh my God. At his, at his request and suggestion. And I'm telling you, it was the most alive I've ever been in my life. But wow. it's something I would have never done had mm -hmm. I not met a trusted, compatible partner that I thought was going to take care of me, you know, that, that protects me through adventure. Mm, that is so beautiful. So, you know, that really brings up questions for me about um, compatibility, because so much of your work has to do with psychology. So what are the different signs that you look for that people are going to be compatible for each other? I always say the best clients for a matchmaker are those that have an open mind, mm -hmm. an open heart, and they believe that their person is looking for them too. Mm -hmm. That You know, she's out there. She's looking for you. She's as frustrated as you are sometimes, you know, on a Sunday afternoon when, you know, the apartment's clean, the meals are prepped, the pet's fed, and here you sit. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, so much of it is attitude about being introduced to enough people until you meet your your compatible partner. Um, but the other thing is compatibility. While there's so many factors, there are things that once you meet the right person, some things become more important. Other things mm -hmm. become less. I love mm -hmm. dancing. I grew up dancing. I was in dancing competitions in high school. I just knew. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I just knew my future partner had to dance. Mm -hmm. He can't. God, oh, God. oh no. <laughs> He's a nerdy mathematician mind and they're not known for dancing. But it, here's what does work in compatibility. He recognizes how important it is to me. And mm -hmm. he takes me dancing once a month. And <gasps> he even points out who I should ask to dance on the dance floor. I'm going to cry. That's so cute. Oh, that makes me so happy because that's definitely on my list too. I don't think that I could partner with a woman who didn't have rhythm and who wasn't like a really dirty dancer. Like I'm looking to get down. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've dated women who can't dance. And I think the the real deal breaker there is if a woman can't 
it's fine to not have rhythm or to not know how to express yourself, but it's not fine to um, be so self-conscious that you cannot um, feel the music or tune out the world enough to open your body up to the experience. I think that is just really cringy for me. It's like hard to witness. <laughs> but what if her talent lies in mixing? What if she takes up the hobby to DJ? What if she... I would she swoon. I would actually exactly. fall over dead. <laughs> yeah. And so I always say matchmaking is about ruling things in versus mm. ruling things out. I mean, mm. what if? What if she recognized how much dancing was important to you and she started private lessons on her own without telling you? Oh, my God. You, right? Oh, my God. I would but, die. But the communication is key. You know, here are things that are important to me, just like I said dancing was important to me. He figured out a way to make that happen. And it's still it's not as satisfying, you know, as if I were out there, you know, on the floor with my husband. But what a fun time, you know, we yeah. have, you know, we have a cocktail, dance for about an hour, go back home, and I'm happy as a clam. And, yeah. and it's finding compatibility in a relationship, but it's also finding sustainability. Ooh, good, ooh, good way of putting it. Because mm -hmm. no one person is going to fulfill your needs. And if you stop having the expectation that one person should fulfill your needs, then you can, you can find sustainable ways to get those needs met. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll never climb a mountain with him. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going up Kilimanjaro with him? My sister does not like to be cold. I do not. Okay. Like okay. But, you know, we have been sailing. I did learn to surf and mm. it was scary. But the times that we, very short periods of time, where we would stand on a board side by side and catch a wave made him happy enough that we, I don't have to try it again for another year. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Moments that you can capture that you're both leaning into each other mm. and you're both finding a way to make that other person ultimately happy, which makes mm -hmm. you happy. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so then my question is, if he wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail mm -hmm. and he's he's like, I'm going to be gone you know, for a certain period of time, would you be supportive? Would you be like, hell yeah, get out in the mountains by yourself. I'm not coming, but yeah, you go ahead. Here's what I, that's a good question. And I have girlfriends that have done that trail, by the way. I would It's probably, on my list, so. I'm telling <laughs> you, it sounds fascinating. I think I would do one segment and mm -hmm. then, okay. I, then I would meet him at the end of each segment. And with the sandwiches made, you know, the, the gin and tonic for the evening or whatever it is. Um, I it, it, Today, I was setting up someone, um, a client of mine, who mm -hmm. said, you know, in my long term, my past long term relationship, I ventured to do something so huge for me. I was going to do a half marathon and nice. I trained and I trained and I did it. And my partner wasn't at the finish line. Oof, oof. And so the client today said, remember, I'm simply looking for my partner to be at the finish line. Meaning you, you don't have to do everything with me. Yeah. But to be there and support and to recognize what a big deal it is for me, mm -hmm. that's, that's compatibility. That is such a good way to put it. I love that. Well, I will say that if you decide to hike the AT in any segment, um, I would recommend starting 
with Maryland from the Maryland, Pennsylvania border down to Harper's Ferry is a three day hike. Super easy for, well, super easy compared to anything else on the AT. You should stop by and visit me in DC. And, uh, I mean, it's easy. It'll kick your ass, but it's still, it's not going to kill you. So I would recommend for beginners, Denmark (laughs) to Harper's Ferry. And Jocelyn, do you know what you just successfully did? You just brought up a topic that's a great first date conversation. Oh, really? To talk about travel, to talk about Mm -hmm. adventure, to talk about things that you've done or you want to do, Mm -hmm. folks light up when they talk Mm. about that. So we're doing a lot of Zoom introductions lately through this. And I always coach them, bring up that travel. I would coach you to bring up that hike. Mm-hmm. And talk about those details, and that other person is going to geek out how much Absolutely. you're into it. And 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 after the date, they're probably going to Google it. They're going to, you know, they're all looking. They're going to fantasize about going there with you. They're going to be yeah. like, oh, what would it be like? Yeah, and like what is <laughs> she packing our tents on the trail? Yeah. I love it. Absolutely, and that's all I, I've encouraged everyone through this pandemic is, you know. All dating is, is a series of quality introductions, ideally, Mm -hmm. and trying to get someone, uh, get to know someone new and see if you guys are compatible, at least, at least to be friends. Maybe you become lunch buddies. Maybe you become COVID pen pals, uh, video Mm -hmm. pen pals, I've said. It's, it's not that it has to be all or nothing, but I think it is important during this time that you continue the search, that you do have um, the mindset and the heart set that mm-hmm. she's looking for you to. I hate to hear mm-hmm. anyone get discouraged through this. I always say there's ways to meet someone even during a pandemic. Yeah, I do think that has worn a lot of women down because the um, just the lack of those chance meetings, even people that you're, when you're meeting them, you're not like, Oh, I'm, I want to get your number. But you know, when I am, when we're not in a pandemic and I go to Home Depot and I see the Butch Dyke who's in the fastener section, you know, I'm, I'm like, it's just nice to know that you still exist, that there are beautiful women out here in fastener sections all over the United States that you could just run into. Maybe you're not going to date, maybe you're not going to be friends, but you just know that each other is out there, are out there. Yeah, and, and it's, it's hard. I think to not is, see them. Uh, well, and I coach a lot of my clients. I always say you don't have to put all your eggs in my basket. You can still be mm-hmm. doing your efforts too. So there's a couple of key things we've noticed during pandemic, and it's private Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a big Shit's Creek fan, so I just geek mm-hmm. out over all things Shit Creek. So I've joined the, you know, the Shit's Creek fan. Uh, fan club, I guess, a private Facebook page. And yeah. you're, you're meeting like-minded people. I did the same um, with Gogglebox. I don't know if you know what that is out Mm-mm. of out of Europe. Oh, it's so fun. And so that's my little online, you know, guilty pleasure, five minutes here, five minutes there. I joined their private Facebook group. Um, there's also meetups and people have created more and more meetups now and they're trying to hold them virtually Mm -hmm. but folks have said but they're small and i said yes but it's curated right Mm -hmm. so if you join a meetup group of meditation or um of um, I, i just did my vision board 
Well, there were some meetup groups and there were some um, workshops that you could do your vision board. So you didn't feel like you were at home doing it alone. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? You're going to meet another woman that is a goal setting, um, aspiring career professional as well. So again, you can curate your own list. The other thing I've said to folks, if you feel safe, is to find ways to volunteer. So I've Ooh, had, good call. I've had multiple clients volunteer at the different food banks throughout the nation. But always what I coach them to do is don't get into a rut of only volunteering Tuesdays at two. Because uh-huh. oh, you're going to see the same people more than likely. So mix it up, you know, do a Saturday session, but maybe that's too crowded and you're uncomfortable. Well, then go for a Tuesday afternoon at two, maybe go for a Thursday morning at nine. Mix up your volunteerism. You're going to meet other like minded people who are also giving back to the community. And who knows who their sister is or who their neighbor is or who their roommate is. Wow. And so there's ways to my that. mind. This is genius. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to get back into, but I was volunteering. I do like a lot of environmental restoration work and wetland restoration work. And I, what? and that's outside. So it's automatically safer than any other type of volunteering. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just been very demoralizing to, to do anything DC is under a very strict lockdown. So there's not, um, it feels like there's literally nothing that you can do to meet strangers. And that's probably not true. But when you come from the mindset of being defeated before you begin, I mean, how do you overcome that? I need an attitude adjustment, clearly. Perhaps. Remember, it's having an open mind and open heart, and you have to believe. So, So let me give you one other example, and it's going to seem so silly. But okay. I really love sloths. Okay. So take that one passion I have, that I love sloths. So even a friend gave me a sloth Christmas ornament this year, right? Everyone knows I love sloths. So I can go to Sloth Rescue. I can follow their Instagram, their Facebook page, their Pinterest boards, their anything social media. Um, is there sloth rescue in the U.S.? Is there sloth rescue during certain seasons? Is there a sloth ecotourism uh, trip that I can look at taking in the future, maybe with a girlfriend, you know? And so yes. it, it's really, it's the, you know, I hate the cliche thinking outside of the box. It's really thinking in depth about mm-hmm. the things that interest you. So you can take that same environmentalism that passion for yours, it can be more than the volunteering outside. It can be leading a charge, a fundraiser online, inviting your friends, you know, see if you can help build their social media pages uh, to help support them. So because it keeps you busy, it keeps you interested and interesting. I wrote a blog about that. And, um, and you don't start to fall stale during the pandemic. You have to keep daydreaming. You have to have you let your mind wander into those corners where you feel inspired, delighted, excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everything from the documentary that you're choosing to watch over the weekend um, to the series that you're, you know, looking to start, you know, whether you want to binge watch or, or play it out. You're not alone. Other people have Mm -hmm. the same interests and passions as you. Find community. 
And it can be, you know, sometimes with Schitt's Creek, you know, I don't know who exactly I'm talking to, but I'm, you know, congratulating someone on an anniversary or a birthday or whatever. And it feels like community. And someone put out a post, would you buy the Lego set if it came out for Schitt's Creek? And I thought, well, hell yeah, I'd buy it. I know that, you know, and so it's it's a little bit of excitement in your day, and you're going mm. to other people that are appreciating the simple and finding the excitement in their own life too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. one question I have for you is: we've kind of touched on this um, in the sense that you are when you're interacting with these clients, a lot of their insecurities are coming to the fore and a lot of their doubts and their lack of belief and the the walls that they've put up, the lack of open heart and open mind. Um, What are some of the common pitfalls that plague gay and lesbian dating in your experience? Well, it's been interesting. I can tell when someone's sexual energy is starting to fall flat. Mm. And I have been- yeah. Is it like an aura? How do you how do you get it? You can hear it. You can mm-hmm. hear it in someone's voice. And so I assign exercises. And uh-huh. I, I work with a lot of professionals, everything from scientists to sex therapists. And so I'll do assignments like, okay, you have two weeks to develop three crushes and wow. be prepared to describe them in great detail to me on our next call. (laughs) I love this. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. How's my aura? How's my sexual aura? Well, you just lit up when I told you to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So there's hope for me. (laughs) Because there's a lot of Amazon delivery people right now that are pretty hot and single, right? Yes, I know that I always think it's going to be, um, it's going to be a post office. It's going to be the, the, it's funny. I was actually at a post office and the person I was handing my package over to, I looked on my receipt later and he had left me his number, but it was a man, but you know, that's the kind of thing where I know that, you know, you have 30 second interactions. You don't get to go to the gay bar. You don't get to go to the cafe, but there just might be a cute postal worker who yeah. wants you just as bad. Okay. I know I cut you off to ask you about my sexual aura. So you go back to your list of things that you were telling me. Well, I really think it's important. It's interesting. Across the street from my house lives a woman who orders something online every day. And there's Mm -hmm. deliveries there. Maybe she's running a small business or something. Mm -hmm. And so there's the same order. Well, and there's the same (laughs) delivery person that I can tell is someone you might be interested in. Because you know my type. I know your type. (laughs) Tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) I see her, let's say, five times a week. And while I'm not interested in her, you would be. So I would coach you that if you saw this same thing in your building, in your neighborhood, um, do a little something. You know, you've seen people put out little bottles of water or some snacks for the delivery people. You might have that out for that person in your building or whatever and say, I just wanted to leave it. Hope your day is going great. You know, yeah, I see you. I see you through the, the door window. Warmest <laughs> uh, regards, Jocelyn. Oh, you know? wow, that's super cute. And I so love I, that. 
It's the same today as what we would cross the dance floor and ask somebody to dance or, hey, you know, can I buy you a drink or, hey, you want to join our table? We've just got to be creative in the people that we do see still having that human interaction. And even let's say they say, oh, gosh, I'm coupled or I'm married or I'm flattered. You know, it really perked them up that day. I bet. Yes. yes. It's not insulting. It's very flattering. I, I think when they go home and they say, uh, just to let you know, I still got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's always this anxiety on my part that um, whoever I approach is going to be obviously they the chances are they may reject me but for some reason i have associated that with that rejection with some kind of negative experience for them on their part which is like why would someone be upset that <laughs> that you hit on them it's not obviously if it's respectful i mean there's right. on disrespectful ways to hit on people but assuming you're coming and just you know saying something kind or i mean do you do you have suggestions on like what to say to a woman what would you, what would absolutely. you recommend this is going, going to sound so corny so i like to buy my groceries early 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 in the morning like right when the store opens so nobody's around uh, you know i just no makeup ball cap just go get it done fast i've got my list i'm in and out of there before you know the store really opens up and one time i was approached by he was younger. He was Hispanic. He was dressed like he works construction and he was in there getting his breakfast or lunch to take to work for the day. And he stopped me right in front of orange juice. I remember exactly where I was. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you are the most beautiful woman in the store. Have a good day. And he walked off. I raced home to my husband and I said, I want you to know, I just looked like this. Yeah. And that was I, pickleball or whatever. Yeah, and early I, morning, no makeup. Morning in my pickleball outfit. And I've still got it. And I told him, thank you. That is the sweetest thing ever. And then my husband pointed out, which was so funny, how many women were in the grocery store at that time? I was wow. Like, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but there is a way that you see the woman at Fasteners in Home Depot. And there's a way for you to say, I just wanted you to know that I think you look great today. You've got a great look and mm -hmm. I hope you have a great day and you can mm -hmm. start to walk it off and they will stop you or they will not. Who doesn't love a compliment? It's so mm -hmm. simple. Some of the things that I coach my clients to do, we've just gotten away from it. Yeah. I feel like in your example though, is very treacherous because women are always being like, Oh, cute cute purse and you know you don't want to it's it's risky to compliment somebody's maybe you need a little bit more directness because they might think you're just complimenting them and you're really like i think i think you're super sexy i want to <laughs> smooch you could always take another approach that leads you into it and simply ask for help I mean, every time oh I go to for anything, I need assistance. I mean, even picking out a light bulb today, uh -huh. you have a wall. Of, there's way too many choices. Right? So uh -huh. if you see someone in the area, you might say, I have no idea on the latest LED. Do you have any idea? Mm -hmm. You know, okay. or any tips for me on, I don't even know where to begin. And that's a legit statement. It starts conversation. And then you can, you know, compliment her hiking boots later. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. See, you get it. You get exactly what. Yeah, I think it's also really hard to approach people in pandemic times because you don't know someone else's COVID cautiousness level. And so even if you're wearing masks, well, first of all, if you're wearing masks, you don't know if she's as hot as you as you are hoping she is. You know, you see like, okay, she's tall. She's wearing masculine clothes. She like carries herself with a certain swagger, but who knows what's under this? You know, right. it could be any type of face. She could have like, you know, tiny teeth, big gums. It could be... <laughs> be a whole thing so and, and so you you know on top of that then if you you don't want to get too close to someone obviously because the, um you know six feet and yeah. I, I don't know I think it, it's very hard to gauge if your actions are going to make someone else feel like you're about to transfer a deadly virus to them right well then then go online so we've talked about the Appalachian Trail have you followed all their pages I followed, I'm in mega groups with like 20,000 women. And have you ever met anyone through the groups? Um, I actually just reached out on these groups to find more women who are in my city that we could maybe meet up and hike together because I am actually thinking about doing it through. And obviously if you're going to be on the trail for six months, you need to be in really good shape. Um, so yeah, also there was one, there was one time I would, actually, it was the time that I was backpacking from Penmar to Harper's Ferry, that hike I was telling you about. And I got to this um, really famous lookout spot and um, there was this um, ridge runner, they're called. Those are like trail keepers that um, they maintain the trail and they make sure that People who are staying on the mountain don't, you know, like run off into the foliage, destroying and eroding the foliage or, or even just like getting massively hurt. Um, and she was she was this butch dyke. And I can't believe that I didn't flirt with her harder than I did. But she was like, you know, you should really get your tent set up because we're about to be out of spaces and it's going to be a cold night. And I'm like, you you have a hut. Babe, like I might be knocking on your door. Like it's really cold. <laughs> oh no, I can't get a fire lit. <laughs> so here's what I always say: every encounter is leading to the right encounter. Every date is leading to the right date. Every relationship is leading to the right relationship. You have to keep practicing. And that's, that's all it is. Dating is just dating. And one of my greatest frustrations that I didn't know, I wasn't familiar with this term until I became the gay and lesbian matchmaker, is I'm not dating right now. Really? Why? You're single. You've said you wanted a long-term committed relationship. You know you're self-aware. You've described to me what, you know, I say this to people all the time. You've described to me what you're seeking. I get it. You get it. Why are you taking yourself out of the game? Mm-hmm. That you, you know, she's looking for you and you are taking yourself out of the game. And so yeah. you are. Why you, would you do that to her? Why would what? you do that to your future wife? <laughs> Don't make no, her wait. I, I'm telling you. It, it's so interesting because I. I meet some of the most amazing people. And let me tell you, I approach people. This Mm -hmm. is pre-COVID, of course. But if I was at the grocery store, I have left my card on the counter for women Mm -hmm. to find. As I paid for my groceries and walked out, I left my card there where they were going to set 
their wallet, right? And it says the gay and lesbian matchmaker. And there are times <laughs> I have left cards for people, both men and women, that I'm not certain. I think I get a read, mm-hmm. but I'm not certain. And no one has ever had their feelings hurt or been offended. Yeah. I've uh-huh. had people well, go that's- back, oh, that's not for me, but I'll give it to my neighbor. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's really like, sweet. I think humans are flattered if you approach, if you want to get to know them better, if you give them a compliment, if you meet them online and you and you chat uh-huh. it up. You know, humans need humans. And I think as this goes on and we've been more and more isolated, I'm trying to nudge everyone to just get back out there in the way you feel safe and think of new and creative ways to reach out to meet other like-minded people and then it will lead to a date believe it or not it will it will yeah it's never been more important than it is right now to have human interaction we're we're so limited and um it's so demoralizing it's degrading because our nature is like you said we need people we all even the introverts among us are going to need to have that feedback that energy that it comes from seeing you know, the world through someone else's eyes once in a while, (laughs) maybe not all the time. Well, even, even for those of us that are married, it doesn't matter whether you're Mm -hmm. straight, gay, if you're married, the conversation needs to be fresh. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I do reach out. I ask for help sometimes to a friend saying, I need to have some fresh conversation. You know, I, I worked all day. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't traveled, you know, whatever it is. I'm asking for help to just kind of wake up my mind to my brain and talk about something fresh and new. And I think friends can do that with friends right now as we start seeking and dating. For those that are online dating, a lot of people are very, you know, um, prolific in online dating. I say this, I give them exercises that, listen, you need to have a video call within a couple of weeks. If you're Mm -hmm. not having a video call, then you're spending a lot of the time maybe on a person that's not right for you. So mm-hmm. let's chat, get to know each other, lead to a video call, and then decide, are you ready for another video call? Do you want to do something creative like an online escape room? That's one of our most popular okay. second dates. It's a very popular second date. Do you want to do a cooking class together, a wine tasting together? All of this you can do online together. So for your online dating, it can be more than just, okay, let's FaceTime. It's still, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, still yeah. dating. So I really That's encourage really clever. Okay. courting. I encourage courting. So we mm-hmm. had a second date set up the other evening and the client said, I don't want to do the escape room after all. I said, okay, mm-hmm. no, no problems. I would rather us both make dinner and enjoy it. I'm going to, I know what I'm going to make. And then that person can decide what they're going to make. And then we have dinner together, but we're cooking together. Like we're in the same kitchen. And That's really I, sweet. I loved that. I would have been so hot for that had one uh-huh. of my one of my dates offered that during a pandemic. It takes thought. It's um, it's very uh, generous. It's very charming. It's flirtatious. You know, now what am I going to wear? Am I going to wear an apron? Am I not going to wear an apron? You know, how cute am I going to be? And mm-hmm. so I think there are a lot of if you let your mind um, just go to your creative space of what feels good even for you and can feel good for the other people. There's still a lot of introductions, courting and dating you can do even when you're staying home and safe. 
Yeah, that's really true. So I want to touch on what you just said, because you mentioned courting. And one of the things that I was kind of interested and delighted by when you and I had our conversation about me joining your, um, you know, um, database of, of women to, to match with um, was that you have to, uh, you, you don't you encourage your um, clients to not have sex on the first date. Correct. And that's like challenging in these modern times. I feel like if you have chemistry with someone, it's very easy to fall into bed. It's definitely encouraged to fall into bed, especially when so many of us are on apps like Tinder where, you know, right. people are straight up saying in their bios, like not looking for anything serious. Right. Um, yeah. And I for sure have no idea how many of my relationships have, um, whether, you know, they ended up being flings or serious things where we had sex on the first date or otherwise just very early. I mean, talk talk about why that's so crucial. You know, it was with the focus group interviews that I came to that. And it it was initially with the men, they thought they were trying to educate me you know, um, we usually, I mean, this was said in focus groups, we have sex first and then we decide, you know, whether we uh-huh. want to change contact information, this, that, or whatever. I said, that's fine. And and I, I don't judge. I mean, I get it. Men are visual, men are sexual. Got it. The immediate gratification. Got it. I don't judge based on that. But when I call, I'm calling you with someone that's already been vetted. I've already asked mm-hmm. them as many questions as though I have been on four dates with them. Oh my gosh, yeah. So if I know that I think you're going to want to go on four dates with them, no sex of any kind on the first date, no sex of any kind on the second date. You can kiss. I've had guys make out, whatever. So when I started the research with the women, the women then thought they were trying to educate me and said, <laughs> you know, we tend to move in together, you know. And I said, yes. Uh- <laughs> Yes, I know. And the women would test me. They said, well, how are you just going to all of a sudden, you know, advertise that you're matching women? And I said, well, I've learned from you. I'm going to wrap a fleet of U-Haul trailers and I will advertise that we are now matching women. So that was my joke. But what I've said to the women is, listen, you know, anthropologists say it takes four good dates when you meet someone new to see if this person could potentially be in your future. So my goal for my clients is to manage the first two dates. And and singles have said, it's the most present I have ever been because I know what's off the table. But I also say for the women, keep it light. You know, no more than two hours, no more than two drinks. See if it leads to a second date. And then your second date is going to be hotter, fresher, you're anticipating it more because you walked away wanting to know more about her. Ooh, she walked nice. away wanting to know more about you. So you're anticipating, oh, I can't wait. We didn't even talk about family, you know, uh-huh. or we didn't even talk about travels. We didn't talk about this. And so the second date is usually more vibrant. That is a good point. We do tend to go, we put a lot of pressure on these dates and to, to you know, find out if she's wife material. So right. yeah, that's. The first time it happened, when I started matching women, their first date went five hours. And that's too long. That's too long for a date because now you're interviewing her. 
as oh a, my god as yeah. and i always say if two women because women are so communicative and we want and we want we're engaged we want to know more about them and tell them more about us but you should have it broken up into four segments ideally ideally because if you stay too long on that first date you will end up talking about your aunt gertrude's gout and that's okay just, yeah that's just not sexy yeah yeah save <laughs> it yeah save it. so nobody wants to know about aunt gertrude until your fourth date so mm -hmm. stay present stay engaged keep it short and sweet it's the art of anticipation it's the art of courting and people have forgotten it a lot today with online dating yeah, I think that is a good point. I think we put a lot of pressure. Either we say things like we're not looking for anything serious or we're looking for the one. And I'm going to need to know right now if you match the description that I have on, on paper. Right. And, I, you know, it's interesting of all of my matches to meet my husband, people make the assumption that our first date was the best of all my matches. It was not. It was interesting. Best. Okay. It, it was not the best first date, but it was a good solid first uh -huh. date. We talked, I coached not to talk too much about business, but okay. we talked a lot about business. Um, mm -hmm. Each of us had been married before. Neither one of us had kids. We both are pretty passionate about our work. And so we talked too much about business if I look mm -hmm. back and, and rated our first date. But the fact that we were each, lukewarm but ready for a second date that was key because okay. that second date he told surfing stories from costa rica and oh. i was wow i've never mm. met him you know through the first date we were so formal we didn't okay. talk about our hobbies and passions like that so mm -hmm. for him to describe you know, a double overhead long left goofy foot right i'm like what the hell wow that was sexy that was yeah, 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 yeah. And so women, I coach them, save a little sexy for mm -hmm. the second date. And then when you show up that third date and you brought her a copy of that recipe that you <gasps> talked about that is your mom's famous, that's courting. It doesn't have okay. to be flowers. Sure, it can be a favorite candle of yours that you want her to smell or whatever. But something as simple as taking a copy of a recipe. And I learned from my clients. I had a client do it. Mm -hmm. And the other person on their feedback call, it's all they could talk about. How chill, wow. how thoughtful. We talked about that's that thoughtful. recipe. I never dreamed she'd share it. Wow. That's so romantic. I love giving gifts. Um, just like little, like I thought about you. Oh. So cute. Everyone loves that. Everyone. It's loves like that. so nice to really take someone by surprise. Mm -hmm. And it's proof that they're listening, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the mm -hmm. other key about our dates that, you know, no more than two hours, no more than two drinks. You're completely present. You're mm -hmm. present. You only have two hours, you know, mm -hmm. so and it can go by fast and you want a balanced conversation. So, mm -hmm. and so you encourage people to, to commit to two dates or, or that's completely optional. They can just stop at one. They can stop at one, but I have proven time and time again for eight years. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time a woman said it, e each woman calls in with their feedback after the mm -hmm. first introduction. Even today, if it's a Zoom introduction. God, I, I want to be a fly on the wall for that. That sounds so fun. I take feedback and it's not to tell the other person what the other says. No, it's no, to no. listen. It's to listen. Mm -hmm. 
So each of this, this couple, I actually have a postcard from them. Um, each of this couple, their feedback was, eh, it was a nice date. It was, that mm-hmm. was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see why you set us up. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good for a second date. But mm-hmm. it wasn't very exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And so the second date, we sent them to a sculpture garden. And Ooh, so romantic. Okay. Yeah, and there's some sexy sculpture too. Mm-hmm. But bring your own coffee, meet at the sculpture garden, and just walk. You know, enjoy the nature, be out. And then the second date feedback was interesting because one woman said, the more we walked, the more we talked out in nature, I started becoming attracted to her. And I said, mm-hmm. yes. And had you not given her that second day, mm-hmm. you would have never felt that. Mm-hmm. We have to give each other a chance to blossom, to mm-hmm. open up, to the anxiety level to decrease, oh, and to okay. just be ourselves. Yeah, and you got to see people in different contexts to see mm-hmm. different parts of them. Because mm-hmm. exactly like you said, that there's like, walls of anxiety or shyness that you're just not going to scale on that first date. Right. And that's what I love about the feedback process. So many of us singles start to get just a little hook of negative head talk that Mm -hmm. can start to spiral. And by the time we'll do the feedback call the next day, they'll lead with, I don't know that she was really into me. I mean, it was a nice date. It was, but I just, I didn't, I didn't get the feel. I don't know. I'll say, really? Because I've already talked to her and she was really excited for a second date. And then the person says, oh my gosh, I was too, but I didn't want to be over eager. Wow. (laughs) You know, and so we start to question and that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of, as a matchmaker, I feel so blessed to be in this middle role to say, gosh, she said great things about you. She really enjoyed the day. She said the two hours flew by faster than she ever imagined. I felt that way too, you know, and what encouragement. It's like, it's like a family member or your best friend saying, girl, she's really into you too. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. reassuring. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It's flattering. It makes you feel, yeah, so good. Well, gosh, what else do I need to ask you? You've given me so much of your time today, and I really appreciate it. I just want to encourage everyone. I interview amazing people Mm -hmm. for a living, and I've done it for over eight years, and there's some amazing people out there. And I, But I remember, you know, whether gay or straight, I remember thinking and feeling, gosh, you know, I'm a good person. (laughs) I'm a good daughter. I'm a good, you know... A neighbor. I'm a good, you know, I love elderly and animals and I volunteer. Where is my person? Mm-hmm. You know, to where I remember. Like I'm so day. deserving. I've, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm at that point in my life. Why isn't she here? Yeah. Where is she? Because I'm doing everything right. And yeah. that's what I love about my job. I interview so many people. They've got it together. They're not perfect. I, gosh, I wasn't. Um, but I worked hard at being the best I could. And I wanted to meet somebody else who had worked hard to be the best they could. And Mm -hmm. that's all dating is. You just keep working on you. Keep looking for her. She is looking for you too. And so I just encourage folks to not get discouraged during this time. It's a pandemic and we'll talk about it for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, why not find the right person to talk about it with? Wow. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody to bunker down with. 
So my goal is to set you up, but that can be between you and me. Not show. <laughs> Anyone who has listened to this show or uh, and any of our dedicated listeners basically have can probably imagine exactly what I'm looking for. I end up complaining about being single all the time. It's probably why I'm still single. Well, but- maybe maybe they're going to call and set you up. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, see, this podcast, it will turn out is... Uh, is going to be how I find my wife. And you know what? It'll be just like that Netflix show, um, Love is Blind, because yes. you can't see me. Love. Which, you know, obviously I'm beautiful and sexy and fantastic, but, you know, you'll fall. She'll fall in love with me because my <laughs> interviews are always engaging. And Well, I love your style. I love your piercings, your smart girl glasses, your tasteful you. ink, and your jewelry that matches. Why, thank you. So if I was setting you up, those are some descriptors I would use. Okay, great. Um, Well, it has been such a joy speaking with you again, Tammy. And I I can't wait for our listeners to hear this interview because it's, um, I think most people have not considered alternatives to Hinge and Tinder and OkCupid. It really seems because there are no lesbian bars left compared to the 70s. That there's that there's no alternative, and there is. You can meet people in real life, and you can, you know, you can. Uh, not what is the word? Um, not offshore. Um, does outsource? Outsource. <laughs> you can outsource that to a professional, or you can go to Home Depot. You can hang out in the fastener aisle and just ask for help. <laughs> so. You know, I say you can be your own matchmaker. I didn't take the time or the effort to do it, but uh, you can be your own matchmaker, you know, set a goal, right? Three steps you're going to do this month, give yourself a deadline um, and move on for those that are wasting your time, make room in your life for the right person that wants to video chat with you instead of this person that's just stringing you along with text day after day after day with no intention of meeting. So, you know, just just like the, whether it's the Marie Kondo, is this person sparking joy in your yes. life? Then get, make room for joy in your life. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes, yeah. I want everybody to make room for joy and go after it aggressively in 2021. We have gotten so far removed from those things that make us joyful but there's no reason that we should not thrive just because the world around us is on fire that is the key your happiness cannot be conditional on on what's going on around you it has to come from yourself and so we need to find you the person to dance your ass off that's right she's (laughs) waiting for me i am not going to take myself out of the pool i'm jumping in All right. Thanks, Tammy. Have a good rest of of your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.